0: Of what we're dealing with on the issue of confession, I told us that the main text we're dealing with is Romans 10, verse number 10. Romans 10, verse number 10 is the main text which we're dealing with. We're right, that the scripture says, "For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation." Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Like I said, the word confession is homologio and uh, it really, really means to give assent to something. It's something you have come to believe. It's something like a covenant. It's something you've seen to be real. You trust in it and then you're speaking about it and then you're receiving it because you've come to realize that this is what it is. Amen? It's not just lose words. It's not just... Wish you was kind of speaking, you're speaking things you know that are real. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. And uh, like I said, salvation, which is soteria, ha- is not just to do with you being born again, it has to do with all of your being, it includes your health, it includes your finances. Uh, let me let me <laughs> I don't think God wants to save you and save just your soul and then for you to be poor. I don't believe that. Scripture never tells us that. The Bible made it abundantly clear that He became poor that we might become rich. Amen? If He became sin so that we can become righteous, it also means He became poor that we can become rich is applicable to our salvation. Is that alright? Praise the Living God. So have you know that soteria, salvation, actually means to rescue uh, of safety physically and morally. It means to deliver. It means health, like I'm saying. And then we know that the word soter actually means God or Christ as well. So soteria is talking about he who kind of delivers you, who prospers you, who gives you the health. And so scripture says, by his tribe, we are healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, and though it comes from the root word sozo, and uh, like I said before, sozo also means to preserve, to save, to be well, to be made whole, and uh, it speaks of your health, and it speaks of protection. So God is not intending, by reason of your salvation, that you be a sick person at any point in time. God wants you strong, God wants you well. Come to think about it, the Bible says, we are the temple of God, amen? And another scripture made a statement, and it says... He that defile the temple of God, he shall God destroy. So, if a sickness is off, he's trying to defile God's temple. God has the ability to destroy that sickness. Can I hear an amen to that? You are not the only one that tries to defile the temple. Sickness can defile the temple. Sin can defile the temple. Anything that wants to defile the temple, God will destroy. Hallelujah! Praise the living God. Amen. So. And, um, yesterday we tried to deal with the issue of the dimensions of uh, the sources of wrong confession, the things that make you to make wrong confession. And we talk about bad situations. When situations are bad, you end up saying all manner of things. Like the wife of Job, who was telling Job in Job chapter 2 and said, oh why not you cause God and die? You can't be suffering this way. Your money is gone. Uh, your children are all dead. As the case may be, you are even suffering. Your health is failing. I'm tired of managing you. You are giving me a problem. You can continue to remain a husband to me this way. The best way for you to go is to cause God and die. I just can't help. I will have given you poison to make it quicker. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know, situation can make you become a liability to people and they want to say all manner of things unto you. Hallelujah. But you see, God is going to help you out. You won't be a liability to anybody. I remember one time in... Very good fellow. I don't want to mention the name. Very good fellow. No, he was sick. It's late now. He was sick and uh, went to the house. And the wife was just talking to him. He said, look, I'm tired of you. If you won't listen to what I'm talking about, I'm going to pack and leave you in this house. And let, let's see whether your religion will come and help you. I said, madam, this man up put it there. I said, no, no, no. Don't talk to me like that, pastor. This man is not listening. Everything I tell him, he doesn't listen. Now you become a controller because the man is down. Amen. May God not allow you to liability for anybody to control. God is your life, God is your source. Hallelujah. I felt so bad when I was seeing this guy, and I remember the day I walked to the place one more time to see to see if I could pray with the guy, and uh, I found that he was giving just gary to drink. I mean, it was terrible, just because the guy was down, I was giving gary to soak, ordinary gary cassava you know dust him, so gary, and then the next I said, what. Hey, why are you doing this? Hey, we're just coming from somewhere. If he I, I, I can't take that, let him take that. If he doesn't want to take that. He went in there and I break corned beef. Just turn the corn beef and then put in the plate. That, take that one and join. If you don't like that, then you wait. You know that. And the guy pulled this thing. The taste was not there. And then it's like you want to vomit. Oh man, I felt bad. May God not allow you to allow ability to anybody. May you never be sick in life that people will have to be the one to help you out. It's horrible. Amen? (laughs) When the child you raise from the ground begins to say all manner of things just because your health is bad. That is why some of you you don't even rejoice. You don't give thanks to God. You don't praise him enough. You've not... If not seeing things, if you see some disorder, you will know that, God, I thank you for being alive. I thank you for giving my health. I thank you for walking. I thank you that it is not man that is assisting me to survive. That's enough for you to worship God. More than enough for you to glorify God. If you see men be messed up, see Job's wife, cause God and die. And Job said, as the Bible made us understand, with all this, Job did not sin with his lips. He kept his integrity. Are you still there with me? He still believed God. And he said, I know my Redeemer liveth." it. Job was still confessing positive. Let me tell you, his business was gone. Is that okay? His children were all gone. His head, the only thing that was supposed to be alive was the wife. But now the wife was turning against him. Wife doesn't love him anymore. you a stinking thing. I'm wasting my time with you. <laughs> but in the midst of that, Job still says, I know my redeemer, leave it. And he said, in this flesh, while well, I see the glory of God. And Job really saw it. He stood on his ground and said, it doesn't matter. This is not the end. As long as I still have this bread, I'm going to see God manifest it. And God truly manifested. Are you sitting with me? Make strong your confession. Stay on what you believe. Life is not over with you yet. God has not given up on you. Man himself can't even. De- even if man gave up on you, God won't give up on you. Amen. That's I'm going to show you the source of our confession. Where is the source? Where is the strength? What is it that tied up with what we confess? Amen. So the first place I want to take you to is Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews 3, the sources of our confession. What prompts our confession or what ground do we make the confession that we make? Or what ground? Praise the Lord. Sources of our confessions. Hebrews 3 verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. The word profession is from the word homologia, which is the same thing as homologio. Homologia is same thing as homologia. Homologia is confession in Romans chapter 8. I many chapter 10? Is that okay? But here yeah, it's homologia, which means to acknowledge. But it says our profession. Who is our profession? Christ. Christ is our confession. Are you still there? It means to acknowledge, to profess. From a compound word to convene covenant, to acknowledge. To give thanks. To confess. Why do we have the boldness to make the confession that we made? Because Christ is our confession. Amen? Why do we have to believe for the things we believe for? Because Christ is our confession. See, scripture says, he who has not withholden his only begotten son. He didn't withhold him. How much more will he not also give you all things that pertains to life and godliness? And Ephesians want make us understand expressly. You have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Where? In heavenly places. In who? In Christ Jesus. That is why... Christ is our confession. Everything you will ever receive comes through him, through his blessing, through his sacrifice. Are you getting what I'm saying? here? So if you say, I am not poor, you believe that because Christ himself became poor that you might become rich. The one we say, <laughs> six years first, the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. What is God's righteousness? Christ. And all of these things shall be what? Shall be added. That's why it's our profession. It's Christ. Take Christ away, you have no confession. Name it and claim it can't work because Christ is not in it. You see the song that Precious gave to us this morning now? Christ is not just Anything else is more than a brother, is more than a father. Everything centers on him. Therefore, I am rich, I am strong, I am well. Christ is our profession. Amen? You just put him at the center of everything you believe and it falls into place. It won't fall apart, it falls into place. Praise the living God. So, turn with me to First Peter 4. 1 Peter 4 verse 11. Look at what it says. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God give it. That in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever, Amen. Then, if you go to verse twelve, it says, "Beloved, Thinking not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you, as though some strange things happen unto you." Hallelujah. Nothing. Now, if you read that, it makes sure you to understand something here that. No matter what is going on, that will not take your confession away from your heart. Amen? Trials, temptations. Just like I said yesterday, you know, things can just literally be happening to you. Business failing and all that. You know, check Habakkuk 3. Habakkuk 3. 17 to 19. The Bible says all of his business was going down, but he said, has he had a God's wheel of joy and praise to bring to the house of God. Hallelujah. So, here Peter is saying the same thing. You want to speak, speak at the oracle of God. And say, talking minister. Not just minister. He mentioned two things here. Listen to me. If any man, he didn't save the preacher. If any man speak, let him speak as what? The oracles of God. If any man minister. Can you get that? So, what does it mean to be oracle of God? It means you speak in the mind of God. You're not speaking your own thing. The Bible made us to understand that the heat of it was like an oracle of God. Anything he says was coming to pass. Speak as the oracle of God. Don't speak like a mere man. So, it's not just about preaching. <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? It is also about what? Your confessions. So when you begin to make the confession, you are making the question is, how did they tie up with God's mind? If any statement is coming out of your mind, find out whether this is an oracle of God or not. Is it the word of God? Does it connect with God? Does it tally with God? Does it have anything to do with the mind and the will of God for your life or for the person you are speaking to? If any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. Not just like a man, Not just like a wife, a husband, a boy, a girl, or a father, whatever. Praise God. But look at, look at a drama piece we, we watched this, this, this morning and see the mothers. You Jezebel, you Jezebel. Is that the oracle of God? <laughs> Hallelujah. No, no, no. Praise the living God. So you must come to the place where your language becomes God's voice. Because to be an oracle of God means you are speaking on behalf of God. You are communicating the mind of God. Your language becomes God's voice. Praise the Lord. Very important. We realize this. Very, very important. That we don't just speak words. May our words be selected. Amen? May we select the words we use. May we select the languages we use while addressing people. May we select the words we're using. Speak as an oracle of God. No matter how angry you are, in fact, the best and not to speak is when you are angry. I said that the first time. Because the languages that are going to come out of your mouth may not be God's words. You will no longer be speaking as an oracle of God. When you're hungry. And the Bible says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So watch it. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, man. Listen. You beautiful sisters. God make you beautiful. God already ordained. You must be married. You're going to settle down. You should see yourself from that perspective. I was never created, never to be married. Even if they say somebody, no, 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 you can't believe that because no man brought you here. God did. Hallelujah. I was counseling with the sister telling me, Well, in my family, this is what he told me. And this is what my mother told me. I said, Your mother told you? Not God. Say, Your mother. No, 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 your mother is not God. If your mother told you, your, your father's family, this is what happened to the women there. It's not your portion because you are in Christ. Hallelujah. So you must come to the place where you make positive confession to your life and about your life and say, I see my husband coming. I see my children coming to me. Amen. You should come to that place of knowing God created you with all of these provisions. For you and in your life, praise the living God. Amen. You know because we don't have this kind of understanding. That is why you see everything be made available in Christ. The gospel has all things; all provisions available for each and every one of us. But we don't have the understanding. And the greatest problem is because you don't study the Word, you don't read the book. Spend my time on useless things, on careless things, things that I cannot even give you life, this cannot, you know, open the door and open the will of God for you to see. You don't study the book. That's a problem children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon, but Daniel was able to stay on the word of God and he came to the place in the book of Jeremiah 25, read it from 24, 25, 26, where God said, you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. Jeremiah, Daniel saw that and he took the book and went to God. said, God, remember what he said. He said, we're going to be in captivity for 70 years. Now, 70 years come, let your people get back. The young man got understanding from the book. He saw the will of God and he went to God. The Bible says if you pray according to his will, he heareth you. So if you speak according to his will, he will do it. But how can you find out his will when you don't study the book? I want people to be reading for you. Some of you don't even put your Bible until you come back to service on the Sunday. Be honest with yourself. And that's the kind of thing you need to repent from. The Bible was not meant for the pastor so alone. Praise God. If any man speak, let him speak as what? The oracles of God. How are you going to become an oracle of God except you find the oracle itself? You need to find the word. You need to know what God says and confess the same thing and speak what God says about you. Paul will say, I am what I am by the grace of God. How are you going to find your I am until you go back to the book? If any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. Don't use callous words. Don't destroy yourself. Don't weave a spider web, as it were, around yourself that there is no way for you to go. You trap yourself with your language. You trap yourself with your words. Especially when things are going bad. It's like when things are going wrong, God is dead. But I'll show you God is still alive. Amen? Praise the living God. Turn with me to Psalm 37. Let me show you one major key by which you can key up to being the oracle of God. Hallelujah. I said this the other day. That you are a Christian doesn't mean you can find issues, you can have problems. If anybody gives you the ticket that once you become a Christian, everything is smooth, it's a big lie. Jesus had issue, Apostle Paul. There is no one that really stood for God that had no issues in life. It is what happens with the issue in your emotion that matters. It is a be of good cheer for how to overcome the wall. What he provides for you is an overcoming ability. Amen. I hear people often and again say, I've never been poor in my life. They're all telling lies. They are not honest to themselves. Praise the living God. Because most people who even are born into our flesh, they end up becoming poor people because they don't even know how to manage resources. If you check up major ministers in the world today who are actually where they are, they can give you the background history, you know that they came from very poor background. They suffered a lot. Ministries that jump into become prosperous overnight, you need to check their foundation. Because there's a trying period for every man. But the end is always glorious. Amen? Psalm 37. Are you there with me? Let's start reading from verse 3. Trust in the Lord. What he says you do? You know what trust means? You give me the whole of your life unto him. The whole of your life. Trust in the Lord. And do good. What he say you do? Do good. <laughs> Jesus went about what? Doing good. Do good. If you're truly a child of God, do good. So shall thy dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. So if you trust and you do good, you shall be fed. Is it simple? (laughs) I like that. Trust, do good, you shall be fed. (laughs) Hallelujah. Verse 4 Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee what? The desires of thy heart. See, for you to get the desires of your heart, you must first do what? Delight. That is the problem. Because you see, you want to claim some things, you want to name some things. The question is, what is the source? What is your source? What is your foundation? The beginning is, first you do what? delights. The word delight actually is anang, A-N-A-G, in the Hebrew. It means to be soft or pliable, effeminate or luxurious, delicate, delight. You know what that means? To me, if you have to delight yourself in the Lord, it means you must become pliable for God to manage you. In other words, you respond to what God says. Women are said to be delicate. And one of the reasons I believe they said to be delicate people is because ordinarily they are supposed to be pliable under the hands of their husbands. Amen? So, basically, have you ever seen some packagings and you say handle with care? Have you? eh? So, men, Handle with care. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? David, handle with care. Eh? Because women are delicate. They can easily break. have you seen glasses in the market? Have you bought glasses before? You see label on the carton of those glasses. Handle with care. Because if you handle roughly, the glasses can easily, what? Be broken. So women are delicate. Handle with care. Is that alright? By implication, you should be pliable in the hands of God. And the only way you truly can do that is to always obey whatever thing he says. Is that okay? Remember what they call Israel, stiff naked and wicked at heart. They were not pliable. They were not delicate. They could not delight themselves in the Lord. So, A woman that delights herself in the Lord is the one that is pliable in the hands of the husband. Are you getting what I'm talking about? And the church ought to delight themselves in the Lord on the ground that the husband is a provider and a protector for the wife and the woman. Are you there with me? So, that's what the Bible is saying. When you become pliable in the hands of God, He will grant you the desires of your heart. A mighty minister... In quotes, I'm sorry if that word goes too far. In this country, to a large degree, that I respect, evangelism all time after the civil war. You know, he's the old, strong man. <clears throat> and then, he gave a story, I listened to him one day, and he said, The mother, there is nothing the mother couldn't get from the father. And uh, he was asking the mother, how come? Because the mother was giving, her, giving him the story. The, the father is late. And he said, well, what happened is, any time I wanted anything from your father, I'll cry. <laughs> and so when your father sees my tears, she will just go, why are you crying? Is it because, okay, okay, I'll give to you. Simple. He said, so for any woman to get anything from the husband, not with your eyes, Sharp and direct as if you're going to swallow the man. See, you can break down. That's pliability. Is that okay? If you can calm down, if you can humble yourself. Say there was nothing your father didn't give to me. So I never asked your father anything, anything, and then she couldn't, he couldn't give it to me. Unless he's not having it. See, delight thyself in the Lord, and he will grant you what? The desires of your heart. Not when if you don't do this today, <laughs> this house, not for two of us. Okay, fine. Let the fire come down and let's see who is going to burn first. Because it's possible before the fire begins to fall, the man is out. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Delight thyself in the Lord and I will grant you all the desires of your heart. So now, for instance, you want a car. Your source is not, how am I going to manipulate to get the car? You can ask God for the car. Are you getting that? But how do you ask God for the car? You first delight yourself in the Lord like a wise. You go to God. Are you getting that? He makes the provision. He can touch somebody somewhere to send you the car. Your heart desire is a car. You confess it for the car, but you have to delight yourself in the Lord. And then He grants you the desires of your heart. Can you get that? Are you listening to me? I listen to the minister of God. Got money. Got money. I love him. But he had a lot of issues when he was beginning as well. And he came to this point and he wanted to buy a property like we're looking now. And uh, he went to the bank. Just need a property. You want to get a loan from the bank. Manager said, Come back the next day. Brought all the things he needed to bring the next day. The manager said, no, we can't give you this because we don't see you're able to pay off with the facility you're bringing and things like that. So this man was going back home sorrowful. The property was for the ministry. And on the way, the Lord said, you should have gone to the manager. The money for the land is in the hands of your partners. I have asked them to pay for that land, not the bank. He went back home, sat down, called up his partners, the money came double. His desire was granted because the source was who? Was God. Not the bank. Not the bank. The light that saith in the Lord, He will grant you what? The desires of your heart. What are you desiring? Now tell me, what are you desiring? What do you want? That's why is you need to study the world. You need to pray. You need to seek him. You need to be sure you are with him. Don't be too busy. Not to be with God. You want relationship. Husband and wife, kind of relationship. Amen. Look at verse 4, verse 5. You know, the word desire basically is. So when you say, trust in the Lord, I will. The light that's in the Lord, and gradually the desires of your heart. The word desire is actually petitions, thoughts, and plans, and that's very important. Desires are petitions, which has to do with prayers, your thoughts, and what your plans. Okay, this is what I want to do is the plan. This is what I'm thinking is your thoughts. Are you getting that? Oh God is your prayer. How do you get all of these strings? into your life. Delight thyself. Be flexible. Be pliable. Be delicate. Don't be stiff-naked. Don't be rebellious. Let the word of God instruct you. Hallelujah. There is nothing you're seeking for that God cannot provide for. Nothing. I believe that. Praise the Lord. Look at that verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Amen? And he shall bring forth the righteousness as a light and the judgment as what? As a noon day. But there's a scripture I love so much in the book of 2 Corinthians that I would like us to read. Relation to confession. 2 Corinthians 4, let's look at verse number 12 and 13, then to 14. Praise God. Are you there? Second Corinthians 4, verse number 12. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. The apostles, he means. We have the same spirit of faith. And I want you to take note of that. This is so strong. We have same spirit of faith, according as it is written. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Hallelujah. What did they call that? Spirit of faith. What is the foundation for spirit of faith? What you believe. With the heart, not believe it. With the mouth, confession is made. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, are you getting that? So because we believe, therefore we speak. It's what you believe that you can speak. So what are you believing for? <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Hey, verse fourteen says, Knowing that he could raise up the Lord Jesus, shall raise us up also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. Hallelujah. We have the same spirit. Okay. I would like to take you to where Paul is speaking from. Paul is quoting somewhere. He's quoting somebody. Is that alright? Okay, talk with me to Psalm 116. He's actually quoting David. It's what David said that Paul is speaking about now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because if you look at it, you just see it very plainly there. He said, we have the same spirit of faith. According to Isaiah 3, I believe and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. When he said I believe, he was quoting somebody, say we now, because we have the same spirit of faith. Are you still there? Okay. Psalm 116. I'm going to read this very fast, but I'm going to break it down with the message translation. But let me read it from the King James, verse number nine. Says I will make I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living, not the land of the dead. Hallelujah. Can you can you see what? <laughs> you see the confession? This is David speaking. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living, not in the land of the dead. David is saying, I'm going to be alive. Nothing will take my life. My son Absalom won't kill me. Saul won't kill me. Man, I've tried to kill me, but I'm going to be able to kill me. I am going to be alive in the land of the living. Amen. That's the confession. Then verse number two. I mean verse ten. I believe. Therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. Can you see what he's saying there? I was greatly afflicted, it's like to the point of death, but I believe I'm going to be alive. And so I spoke what I believe. What did I believe? I'm going to be alive. In the midst of the affliction. <laughs> What's the confession? Oh, affliction is going to kill me. Oh, these people want to kill me. Oh, I know my neighbor doesn't like me. My grandmother just arose from the grave yesterday and warned me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Hallelujah. And they told me if I don't go back to my village to make some sacrifices, I won't last a year. All oh, deception. Come on. You don't need to believe things like that. Praise God. Let me share something here. This young man sitting down there gave a testimony here a few weeks ago. Right? And I'm sure I mentioned this to Mr. Charity when she came to the office. And, uh, of the bridge that collapsed and the deeper that went in and things like that. Two days so when that incident happened three days to so when it happened, I had this vision. And I spoke to my wife. I was watching the scene and I found that it was like a pothole and it was like a kind of a bridge or so, but a big truck fell, and somebody came, hit the place, fell into the place. First of all, it was a kind of like a bicycle. Another one came, it was a car fell in. And then, no, this, this, the first one was, was a car. It tumbled and then the petrol sp- spilled all over. And then this other man was coming like on a bike, but it was a bicycle. He came in and healed the place and fell and began to shout, Pastor, come and help me, Pastor, come and help me. And then as he was shouting, I found out the flame went up. And out of that, I came out of the vision. I said, God, what is happening? And then I started praying. And when he came here giving the testimony, I knew this was it. But the cool thing is this. We saw that. We spoke. Because I just woke up in the car. We need to pray now. Something is going wrong somewhere. Who knows? If we hadn't gone into that prayer. Who knows? If we hadn't responded. Because we said, Pastor, come and help me. If we hadn't responded to that voice. It's just like the voice I came to Paul. Come over to Macedonia. Same thing. Who knows? If this boy would have done. Hallelujah. What am I saying? You have a life to live? Or you are going to live it to the full? Hallelujah. You must believe it. You must trust that God who gave me this life is only God that can take it from me. No power in creation. Not even an accident. Not a human being. We believe, therefore we speak. That's the basis of our confession. Amen. Look at the next thing, Verse 11. I said in my head, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefit towards me? What else can you render than to praise him? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Praise God. I like David. Amen? Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saint. You know what David is saying here? Because the Lord delivered me from all affliction. Because I believe I'm going to live in the land of the living, in the presence of the Lord. I am going to come to the church and make declaration, God is faithful. And because of what he has done, this I can offer him. Hallelujah. Let me read this from the message and I will shut down for today. I'm reading verse 11, message. I'm striding in the presence of God, alive in the land of the living. I stay faithful, though bedeviled and despise a ton of bad luck. Can you get that? <laughs> so I have a lot of bad lucks that followed me. Terrible things happened around me. But I stayed faithful. Despite giving up on the human race, saying they are all liars and cheats. You see what you know what David was doing here? It's like he was almost going to, to trust a man to help him out. But everybody failed. And he said, now nah, I know all human beings are liars. So what I said that in haste. It simply means there are some people that are truthful. Why did he have to say that in haste? Bad situation. <laughs> Can you get that? Bad situation. Bad things happening around him. Now nah, I find that all men are liars. Somebody said that in haste. Verse 12. What can I give back to God for the blessings He poured out on me? I'll lift him the cup of salvation. A toast to God. I'll pray in the name of God. I'll complete what I promised God I will do. I will do it together with his people. Praise the living God. What have you promised to do for God? Delight themselves in the Lord and the gratitude desires of your heart. What have you promised to do for God? You don't have nothing. You only want God to do things for you. But David said, I'm going to do what I promised God. And I'm going to do in the presence of the people. I'm going to do it jointly with the people. Come on people, let's join hands and do this job here. Let's join hands and do what we're doing here. Do something for God. Amen. Hallelujah. Bible says when they arrive at the gates of death, God welcome those who love him. How many of you remember what we shared last Sunday? Life after death. Amen? Good, look at that. I told you God cannot be mocked. That's what David is saying here. So when you drop the flesh, God receives you. At Leviticus 12, verse number 7. When a man drops the flesh, the spirit goes back to God who gave it. Did he say so? And that's why he said, I will do good. I will do the things I promised. Because when I drop the flesh, I'm supposed to be welcomed by God. And that's serious. It simply means the life you live here will determine your reception. Oh my God. Somebody needs to understand. Can you see why in the book of Acts chapter 7 that the Bible made us understand that when Stephen was torn and was about to die, he looked up to heaven and Jesus stood up. He saw him standing. How many of you have read that before? Acts chapter number 7. What does that mean? He was standing to receive a hero. Praise God somebody. Would the Lord stand up to receive you? If you drop the flesh. That's a question. He saw Jesus standing. What was he standing? How many of you understand when Jesus finished all the sacrifices he sat down at the right hand of God. Amen. He wasn't standing for sacrifices. He was standing to receive a hero from the arts. When we're still Stephen, man, let me tell you something. The things you do for God count when you move into the spiritual dimension. You can't mock God. Praise the living God. He said, when they arrive at the gates of death, God welcome those who love him. What's the proof of your love? Think about it. (laughs) Jesus was anointed about the Holy Spirit who went about doing good and before we right read before he said, do good. Trust the Lord and do good and it shall be well with you. Man, money is meant for spending and you spend it widely. And money that you put into God's kingdom is a wise place to spend your money. Praise God. Amen. Oh God. Here, I am your servant, your faithful servant. Set me free from, this, from your services. I'm ready to offer the thanksgiving sacrifice. I'm praying in the name of God. I'll complete what I promised God. I'll do and I'll do it in company with these people in the place of worship, in God's house in Jerusalem. God's city, hallelujah! Praise God. Let me... You see, man is very stupid, sorry to say you know what I'm trying to say? You know those who have girlfriends or boyfriends? You know what happens? They can choose to buy maybe a phone worth 60000 Huh? for a girlfriend and I will say please babe, just manage this. But they have a wife at home. And the wife, they have a Nokia <laughs> the buttons are not working. They'll say just manage this. It's temporary. Stupid. I, I, I'm, I'm talking sense here. Am I right? I'm telling you the truth. They can hire a house for a girlfriend. Man, it's a stupid way of using money. It's not out of love. No. Not out of love. feel your love. It's not agape love. Now we do all these kind of stupid things. Right. But when we come to the things of God... I am going to put my money in the house of God. There's a pastor that's going to use it. He just bought a Nokia. What do you call it? Is it? What? what is it? Huh? Latest Nokia, 60,000, 50,000. I said, just manage. You see what I'm talking about? You are giving something. I say, manage. Manage 60,000. That's how messed up men can be. Huh? I'm telling you the truth. Messed up in the spirit. You can't give good money to their homes. To keep the home no good food, but you are begging somebody to manage. Oh, may God deliver men. I'm saying the truth. But what am I trying to say? See, men can do this, but you come to the house of God. And now you somebody's waiting for Pastor to say, Stand up and give us thirty thousand. And you have to say, What well, do you need this, all this money for? You've just given 60,000 with your knees on the ground. When you say, I beg manage this, that means your knees are on the ground. Praise God. I mean, that's the kind of life that we live. It's all stupid. But David said, look, I will do what I promised and I'm going to do it in the house of God. I'm going to do it in the midst of the people. I will do it in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. May God help us. Your confession is what you can see and believe. You can trust that God has promised to keep you, to protect you, to provide for you. And the money he gave to you cannot be carelessly used. So I'll pay my vows in the presence of the people. Let them see that God is faithful. Amen. Come and stand up. Let's give thanks to God. Just want us to pray this morning. I still want us to think a little bit. There are some areas we need to, to repent from and repent of. and Some of the things we've done, some of the things we are doing, we need to repent. Think about how much we spend on recharge church card. And things are supposed to be done in the house of God. Think about it. Think about where we are sowing our seeds. Will least understand that where you sow your seed, the time the harvest you get? Think about it. What do you believe? You believe for death? You believe somebody is going to rob you tomorrow? You believe somebody is going to take your life? I'm saying here emphatically like David, we believe so, we speak. What are we speaking? Life is for all, death is not for us.